Hello and welcome to The Last Looks Podcast, a show where we catch up with talented hairstylists and makeup artists in the film and television industry. We'll pick their super creative brains and find out all the good stuff. Join me, your host, Jamie Lee, in finding out what's what in the hair and makeup departments around the world. And now, a word from our sponsor. Melanie, so great to have you back on the Last Looks podcast. Thanks, Jamie Lee. It's great to be back. Now, last week you shared with us how nourishing and repairing Hask's argan oil collection is. Can you talk to us about another Hask collection that hairstylists trust and love to use on set? Absolutely. Let's chat about our rising star, tea tree oil and rosemary. This is our invigorating scalp care collection consisting of four precisely designed products. First, you have the shampoo and conditioner, which are designed to soothe and revitalize the scalp. Your senses awaken with this purifying tea tree oil and rosemary formula. The invigorating shampoo and conditioner duo help lift buildup and impurities while nourishing the scalp, resulting in a refreshed, healthy looking hair. That sounds like a great way to start a long day on set. Definitely. And then you have the tea tree oil and rosemary hair and scalp treatment mask, which I'm very excited to say won the 2020 Best of Beauty Award by Allure Magazine. That's amazing. It's really exciting for the brand. And this invigorating deep conditioner treatment mask gently detangles, softens, and moisturizes strands while leaving the scalp feeling rebalanced and refreshed. It's perfect for all hair types, and it's especially great in the upcoming dry winter weather. We complete this collection with the Tea Tree Oil and Rosemary 5-in-1 Leave-In Spray. This multi-benefit leave-in spray is infused with an invigorating blend of tea tree oil and rosemary to help condition hair and promote a healthy feeling and looking scalp. The leave-in spray's five formula benefits are cools and soothes, detangles, conditions and tames frizz, adds shine, and provides thermal protection. We're very proud of the work that goes into developing and launching the Hass collections of hair care products. What makes it even more exciting is to see that the Hollywood styling community has given the brand their seal of approval, as Hask is used behind the scenes more than any other hair care brand. Creating consistent, gorgeous, camera-ready results every single time is easy with Hask. Absolutely. I know we have Hask in our trailer. Melanie, thanks to you and Hask for being part of the podcast today. I've been learning so much. Jamie Lee, it was a pleasure to be here today. And let me leave you and your listeners in the industry with this. The Hask brand welcomes the opportunity to continue building our relationship with the Hollywood styling community. If we can support a project you're working on, send us an email at hask at stonemanagement.net. We'd be happy to help. That's awesome. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you. And now, our feature presentation. Today, I'm speaking with hair and makeup designer Sharon Martin. Sharon's work can be seen in films such as Oakja, Snow White and the Huntsman, and The Last King of Scotland. Sharon shares with us how wonderfully collaborative it is to work with Tilda Swinton, the design process she went through for Snow White and the Huntsman, and she chats about the incredibly exciting projects she's been working on recently. Pictures up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Welcome to the Last Looks podcast, Sharon. Hi, thank you, Jamie. Thanks for inviting me to um, to be a part of this. Absolutely. Now, I would like you to finish this sentence for me, okay? Okay. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Sharon, and when she grew up, she wanted to be... A uh, makeup and hair artist. You did? Yes. 
that's awesome <laughs> i love when people yeah. knew like so early on that's awesome oh God. yeah i was like the first time i saw a makeup artist at work i think i was like 11 mm-hmm. and i saw what i now know to be a photo shoot at the time i didn't Okay. I thought, what are they doing? And she had like an artist palette and she walked across the road and kind of touched her face. And I was, I was just walking home from school and I was looking at this thing going, what are they doing? Mm. Okay. Um, right. And then that was it. I, I left and, and that's never left me. Wow. So I yeah. wonder what would have happened if you didn't come across <laughs> that on the street. That's amazing. I mean, you know, yeah. By then I'd shaved my, my friend's eyebrows off and, you know, try to straighten their hair with a, you know, with a hot fork and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I was on my way. <laughs> That's very cool. So you're already experimenting oh, while, yeah. when you were young on other yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and did any of the family end up being experimented on as well? Oh God. Yeah. Everyone had to, you know, it's like, because, you know, because it's that thing. I I, mainly because, you know, you can't, my, my mother is a hairdresser. She trained as a hairdresser. My family are from Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And so she trained as a hairdresser in the 1950s before she came to England. So she came to England as a qualified hairdresser. Mm-hmm. And she then went to work in the National Health Service as a nurse, but she always did hair because there were no Afro hair salons that they could go to. So, yeah. you know, my mom would do hair at home on her days off. So all her friends would come and, you know, and my mom was making like hair wefts. I remember her making, you know, wefts with yak's hair to, to stitch into, you know, to make a weave oh, wow. onto her friend's hair. And she would hot comb and straighten the hair and then it would sort of blend in until, you know, about five minutes mm. later when the moisture hit it. But that was the weekends at home. Those were the Saturday mornings. And so I just used to just get involved and helped her and, you know, and yeah. learn from her. <laughs> That's very cool. So your hair must have always been looking pretty good too, huh? If your mum's mm. doing it for you. <laughs> You're like, mm, she didn't quite do what looking, I wanted. Looking good is probably not the word because I, I experimented. You know, my mother always said to me, she goes, I can't believe you've got hair, you know, because I, I remember actually I wanted my hair to be pink. I wanted pink mm-hmm. hair. I wanted it to be cyclamen, that particular cyclamen. It was crazy color times, like in the 80s. Yeah. And so I decided to just bleach it. Nope. So I put the peroxide on for like an hour because, (laughs) yeah, and and I just waited and waited until it was white. And then when I put the cyclamen on, because it was too white, it was just like, it was just pink. It wasn't cyclamen because cyclamen has like a depth to it. It was just bright pink. And I started crying. Because I know my mum's <laughs> going to kill me and my mum and dad. Like, what has she done now? Because, you know, by then I'd cut it and do all kinds of rubbish to it. But this pink hair, so I thought, I have to get rid of this pink hair before they get home. So I then started mixing browns and blacks from my mum's hairdressing uh, cabinet. And oh, then by, no. the t- yeah, by the time they came home, I was ginger. <laughs> 
came home, I literally looked like a, you know, like those red squirrels, those gray squirrels. That's what I yeah. looked like. And, um, <laughs> And the colors, you know, each day goes on, you know, if you put moisturizer in your hair, it just rubs mm. off. So it's a different color. And my dad just decided, look, I don't want to see you. So you have to stay upstairs. So when my dad came home, I just had to go to my bedroom because he could not look at me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't want any part of this. Go away. <laughs> yeah, I literally, I literally want none of this. And then, you know, so from there, then I had my 21st and I was having my 21st birthday party and I decided I was going to have a haircut. I wanted the Grace Jones flat top, Mm -hmm. but I didn't say anything to anyone. I left the house, I'd booked into the hairdressers and I went and I came home shaven at the sides with the Grace Jones flat top for my birthday party that night. Oh my God. That was another, you're not, we, we just, we don't want to see you, just stay in your room <laughs> moment. And then we went to the, had went to the uh, venue for the party and everyone's arriving going, oh my God, you look great. You look amazing. You look fabulous. Because I've put the full makeup on, you know, the, the 80s, oh, yeah. you know, extended eyeshadows and I'm out and I, I am Grace Jones. And as the evening wore on, my mum kind of said, I guess I guess it looks okay <laughs> because everybody else liked it so she kind uh, of felt pressured into accepting it but yeah. yeah so that was that was me and then when I said I I wanted to I wanted to train in hair my dad mm. said you know you can't do that you know because you know coming from an immigrant background you know everyone wants to you know he wants to do better and the fear for your children and all of this stuff and yeah. he said your mum yeah. does hair in the back that's not a career you need to like be a nurse or a secretary you know because all my cousins and everything they're kind of you know corporate people mm-hmm. and And I'm like, I don't think so. So I just, you know, enrolled into college and went and did hair. But at the time, that was the hair side of it. But I knew I didn't want to work in a salon. Mm. I knew that there was something else out there that I wanted to do with this in a creative way. So it was a real exploration because you know this was you know late 70s early 80s I mean no one we know comes from that kind of background nobody is involved with it it's such a foreign thing that you're talking about I remember my mum saying that you know I want to do makeup because I'm so vain I just want to look at myself all the time (laughs) and um (laughs) and so it was literally you know out on a limb trying to yeah. trying to find your way and you know and I've been really lucky in in meeting people where you kind of position yourself basically I you know ended up going to work in the theater because I then realized that it'd be good to kind of learn about wigs and stuff like that so I went to work in the theater so I could kind of polish up on those skills and you know, working in the theatre and doing other jobs and stuff because, of course, now your parents, like, my parents are not supporting it at all because, yeah. you know, what are you doing? And you wear just, you know, terrible clothes. You know, you're not, you never look smart. 
<laughs> like I'm an artist. <laughs> exactly. It's like you never look smart, and 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 you've got holes in your clothes, and you wear khaki trousers. You know, because in the Caribbean, it's like the field workers wear those clothes, and then here's my dad. You know, with his two daughters, and then suddenly it's like this is what they wear, and he's ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you're not really representing, but it was just that thing. It was literally, I, I knew what I wanted to do, how I was going to get there. I had no idea. Yeah. But you're going to work it out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to figure it out. And I, you know, now when I look back on it, I think, God, that was such a great journey. I really, really enjoyed it because the kind of nooks and crannies that you get into and the people you meet and the kind of, you know, but back in those days you could hustle. There was a hustle. Now I think everything is a little bit more linear. You know, you kind of have to be connected and, you know, there is a, 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 you know, right and a wrong way to do everything, which I think in a lot of ways kind of stifles creativity. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but just to kind of, yeah, you just, you just find your way. And a lot of times young people ask me now, it's like, how do I get into the industry? And still, you know, there's no real direct way into the industry. No. But what you need is tenacity. You have to be tenacious and be prepared yeah. to just be ready for anything at any time. Yeah. Because it's not like there's not a, an ad in the classifieds in the paper for no, no, hair, hair and makeup no. artists wanted for film. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, you know good, just... good rate of pay, lunch provided, you know, all of that stuff. No, yeah. no. <laughs> That doesn't no. exist. It's, it's like, such a, it's, yeah. it's like a mythical creature. It's like, how yeah. weird. You just, yeah. How, how do I find weird. this? Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm yeah. excited about, I'm sort of helping with this school that's been launched over here, the London Screen Academy. Okay. Which Barbara Broccoli and the working title team and a bunch of other producers, like well-known producers, they've been thinking about giving something back. So mm-hmm. started like a, it's a sixth form. So your last two years at school is spent yeah. at this at this school learning about the film industry. Oh wow! And it is it's incredible because the whole school, the school is oh the school opened last September, and the school is basically like a film set. You have each department is represented from props to grips to catering. You know the whole thing is literally like a like a movie set. Wow! And you do your kind of your regular studies alongside that, but it just means that by the time you get onto a film set. It's not a foreign place because, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if you can remember how foreign arriving on set was. Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) you're just in the wrong place. There's all these people. What do they do? You know, all of this stuff is crazy. Yeah. So with that knowledge, I think is a great thing. And the, the two, those two years, if you decide not to go directly into the film industry and you want to go to university, they're credits, they're like three A levels. You can still get, you know, go to university. That's right. Yeah. So I'm kind of championing that. I've been, you know, supporting that. I've done lots of open days and talks and, you know, trying to get the students because the, the idea of it for Eric and Tim and Barbara and all that is to, is to kind of get a more diverse uh, in industry because you know how it's all kind of family led you know it's like people know each other and this is my brother and then the grips they're all brothers and sisters in 
and uncles and the and the sparks and all of that stuff. So it's just yeah. to get more people in. Yeah, open it up a bit. Yeah, which can only be a good thing. So yeah, so I've been Absolutely. I've been quite active with that. That's been my pet project. That's very cool. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go back a little bit. And mm-hmm. so when you were in college for hairdressing, yeah. was makeup included in that? Or was that something that you kind of no, learned makeup was, on the job? I, yeah, no, makeup was not included. It was a hair course. Mm-hmm. And I then went to makeup school after that. I worked for oh. my dad because my dad had a building company. So I worked for him being his yeah secretary you know general runner whatever you might want to be called and so I worked Mm. for my dad and saved the money because they wouldn't pay for it for me and I had to pay for it so I paid and and went to makeup school it's like this I love how parents do this it's just kind of like no we're not going to help her like if she really wants to do this then she's going to figure out how to do it yeah and I think in the back of your mind you're just like I'm going to prove you wrong I'm going to do this it's going to (laughs) happen exactly exactly you know and then you look back and you just go but they literally had no idea you know yeah. and then sadly for my my poor dad is like he's got two daughters and my sister's an actress and that was another thing that was the worst thing it's just like why would they want to do this where have they got these ideas from yeah yeah <laughs> how have we failed as parents exactly why I mean, <laughs> they all work in the city and they're all very smart and you know, I'm not embarrassed. You know, not, not embarrassed. They're not embarrassing them at Christmas time, turning up in crazy makeup and crazy hair and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, being the laughing stock of the of the family. But you know, I'm sure it turned around at some point, though, did it? Absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. you know, once I was doing my makeup, then you know, I could do the the makeup for my aunts and you know, my mom and all this. I remember doing my aunt Norma's makeup and. She she gave me 50p to buy my crisps. <laughs> that was my wages. My first pain. She said, you can buy yourself some crisps, Sharon. And gave me 50p. <laughs> You're like, I'm a true artist now. I'm being paid for my work. Paid work, you know. I'm betting there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. But now, you know, I, I remember, you know, like my mom before she passed away was, was very proud, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, if I've done something and it's coming on the TV, I mean, you know, it's like, it's a big, whatever the production or whatever. She's telling all her yeah. friends, Sharon's show is coming on. It's like, I'm not even in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so cool though. Yeah, the Sharon show. (laughs) (laughs) And then luckily it paid off also for my sister. You know, she has become quite successful. Yeah, so it's all all paid off really. And again, it takes me back to just being tenacious. Just you've got to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that I picked up as well was just like persistence, just... Yeah. Be persistent. Yeah. Keep yeah. keep knocking at those doors. Keep keep, keep knocking going. at those doors and just yeah. muscle just you know, just muscle your way in. It's yeah. it will pay off. So after you finished makeup school, yeah. Is that when you started going in and doing theatre work and stuff? Yeah. I think from makeup school is where I, I learned about, you know, the kind of where my knowledge was lacking in the wigs and knotting and all that stuff because we did little bits of that. Yeah. And I 
okay. So after that, that's when I, I thought, you know, I'll go down the theatre route. Because there was also, you know, there was a, a point when I thought I could just do like fashion makeup and just, you know, do that. But I didn't like the world, you know. It was it felt more difficult to get into because you had to be a part of an in-crowd. You know, people wouldn't pay you for stuff. You know, you'd be paid with a top or a handbag and all of that stuff. And you're like, oh, my God, how do we pay the rent if you've just got, like, a nice jacket for this week's work? Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was not going to be an option. So I tried to get into the theatre. And again, getting into the theatre was was really difficult. I went in as a dresser okay. with costume to wait until there was a job. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I was dressing. And then, you know, the wig master, remember, he was he was really, really lovely, very kind. And he would let me I could go in early when they were dressing the wigs before I had to start work. And I could go in and watch them and and help and get involved and then go over because, you know, I made sure everyone knew that's where I wanted to be. Yeah. And this was my holding bay until somebody left. (laughs) That's cool. Or sometimes you could cover, you know, like, you know, if there was a swing cover, you think, oh, someone's off, then you could get a chance to, like, put the wig on or something, you know. And Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, just being there. Like, I'm here, and when the job comes up, then I'm going to have it. Yeah, that's very cool. So how long did you work in theatre? I worked in theatre for years, actually. So I worked in theatre, I think on and off for about three, four years. Okay. And then from there, then during that time, I I sort of got into doing pop promos, which was a big thing in the 80s, doing pop videos. Yeah, it was just called pop promos then. So you were doing like all these big, you know, videos and video shoots and things. So this is feeling more like it, you know, I'm yeah. living the dream. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, doing videos and meeting more people, you know, between doing theatre and doing the music videos. Mm. And that was kind of keeping me going. And then I was asked to do a tour with a band. Okay. And so I had to leave the theatre to go do the tour. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I just went on the world tour. A, a, a band at the time all called Soul to Soul. Oh, wow. Then, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were huge. And mm-hmm. I went out as, you know, as a makeup artist with them and went on the road. Great fun. Yeah. Lots and lots of fun to be had. Traveling the world, you know, 70 strong, you know, rolling in Japan and, you know, and Australia and New Zealand and Brazil. And then you're, you know, then all across America. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even believe this. <laughs> amazing so cool yeah yeah no it was a great great time you know because it was like at the time it was kind of like a movement you know it just felt like the right place to be and um yes I was very much involved with that then of course we came back and I had to go back to the theater Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm world traveled now and I'm yeah. back at the same theatre. Yeah. Back to the theatre, you know, do some work, do some do some shifts and then, you know, see what comes up next. And then there were two girls in the wig department who were kind of doing bits of crowd work and, and working in the theatre. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of connected with them. 
and then trying to get bookings as well, going into the crowd and working and stuff. And then just from there, it just kind of snowballed, you know, meeting people. Yeah. You're kind of like, okay, here we are. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. What was the first kind of like full-time TV or film job that you were on? I, I remember there was like there was like a chat show that I did. Okay. I can't remember the name of it now, but that was there was a chat show, and the producer for that chat show, she was doing like a, a comedy show. Mm-hmm. But what I remember really clearly is that what we used to work on a lot is at the time Channel Four used to make short films, you know, ten minutes films. Oh wow! So okay. all the yeah, so you do Channel 4 shorts was a big thing. So all the students from the National Film and Theatre, everyone who's trying to be a director, trying to be a costume designer, trying to be a makeup artist, would all get together and be doing these shoots. So, mm. you know, there's a few colleagues of mine now who I met on, on those jobs who are now still producing and still working in the industry. So that was a really good start for everyone. You know, these like Absolutely. little shoots and then you're working these awful night shoots and, you know, there's no, you know, they've not been given permission to film anywhere. So you're gorilla in <laughs> it and <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> there's no makeup truck. <laughs> you're making up yeah. the toilet. <laughs> You know, I, know. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for doing those jobs like that, though, because it really 100%, does, you know, because when you get further down the line and someone's just like, can you just do this here? And you're like, yeah, I can. Yeah, I was on the, you know, you, you, you know, you need like this, this cut or this wound. And then now, like with this generation, they think, oh, my God, I don't have a pro bondo. Yeah. Nothing's been prepared. And you're like, we need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> So, now. You know, yeah, exactly. So you get your morticians wax out, you get your whatever you need to get out, and then you're just going to get that done, you know. Yeah. And, yes, I know it's raining and whatever is happening, <laughs> but the hair needs to be straight and we need to keep it like this. So, you know, we just need to figure this out. I, I remember I did a film with a colleague of mine who was designing it, uh, Pebbles, and she working with Shane Meadows. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything is improvised. So they would get together the actors in the mornings. They'd have a chat and figure out what they were going to do today. And they'd come out and they're like, do you have a wig that looks like this? Do you have any facial hair that looks like this? You're like, oh, God, I am not really, but I can. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and pulling things out of the hat. <laughs> Because you're already there, you can't say no. Yeah. Because, you know, they've figured all this out. And so now, like you say, when, you know, you get prep time and fittings and, you know, all of this stuff, it, it's a luxury. Absolutely. Yeah, it is a luxury. It's, it's amazing how much you do have to really think on yeah. your feet and be able to troubleshoot and yeah. just. Yeah. But that's the thing. I was talking to a colleague of mine yesterday. She's a costume designer. We went for a walk together mm-hmm. and we we're saying about, you know, how you get to a certain stage and it's not even so much about your skills anymore. You're managing and troubleshooting and doing all this stuff. And and it, it kind of like you think, oh, really? <laughs> There's a really nice look there that I'd like to do. But if you get locked into that, then that means the rest of your show, mm. you're going to be missing you know, in the rest of your shows, like when the next characters come up, who's going to prep them? When will they be ready? How can we be testing them when you're, you know, when you're tied into looking after this artist because you fancied doing that? So it becomes 
about, you know, the management and like you say, troubleshooting and looking after your team and making sure you've got the right team and board and all of this stuff. I mean, it is incredible how, especially in our line of work, how when you become head of department or you're assisting head of department, how much management, like how many, you have to have management skills. And it's not like it's something that you go, nobody's going to college for it. Nobody's going to school for it. You just... No. trying to work it out as you go along. And I mean, we're yeah. a bunch of creative artists. So exactly. to be able to multitask with worrying yeah. about the creative Honestly. artistic side of it. Yeah. And it's, then <laughs> it gives you sleepless night. It does me because, you know, I have to double check myself all the time in terms of my management side of things. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know I'm like, okay, have we done this? Has that been booked? Is this prepared? You know, the second unit got everything they need. Oh, shit, they've brought in another unit. Okay, what do we need to prepare for that? You know, it's all of this stuff. And then the actual creative work that you've been employed to do and, you know, just goes out the window. And I have to say that, you know, there was a time when I was, I think it's earlier on in my in my design career, because at that point, you kind of feel like you have to do everything because you have to prove that you can do everything and that you're really great at it and you know and I had a very kind producer who I did a job as a key with them and she called me and she said you know there is a job and I'd like to put you forward for it but you have to realize that you can't take on the responsibilities that you do have that you do at the moment because we're employing you for your design skills you doing number one or doing number two you will end up in trouble when you come to this level of picture right so just to let you know so you can put your team together accordingly wow that's some great insight on the honestly that would be that probably goes under one of the best pieces of advice i'd ever been given and yeah you know, and reluctantly, I then had to watch, you know, number one's makeup and hair slip out of my fingers, like handing it over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you've got a show to do. Yeah. And it now ma- now it makes complete sense in that, you know, you have to do the show. And, you know, but great thing about it is that, you know, when you have a team who you're still hands on, you still, I still, you know, get a little go. Because I always have, to, you have to sign off on it all the time, don't you? So you have to just go and just go, oh, if this was just here and just do a little flick, a little tick or yeah. something, just to yeah. own it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get your hands in there somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, most people that work with me will go, Sharon, you know, what do you think? Do you want to have a look? Or, you know, and then I'll go mm. and check and then I think, oh, yeah, it's great. You know, what's this? And then I'll just touch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just touch it because I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It sounds like you're able to, like you've been finding team members that you have the confidence and to just let them get on with what they need to do though. So that's amazing. Yeah, no, it is amazing, you know, because, you know, I've got people that I've worked with, you know, like over and over. So they kind of get how I work. I feel like you get the best work out of people when they're at their most feeling most confident and relaxed and feeling a part of the team. Yeah. You know, so if I want something, 
I won't necessarily tell you how to do it. I'll show you what I want. Mm -hmm. And then your journey to get to what I want is yours. Yeah. Because, you know, when I was assisting and then I would be told, set it like this, do it like that, then you do that. And then you're literally, you're so locked in to what you've been told to do and how it should be done that you just, I don't think, you know, you do a great job. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. I don't think yeah. you feel like any part of it is yours either. No. So it's like you're not as proud of it because no. you didn't no. have that. And there's creating. no, you know, you, yeah. So you're not, you're not as 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 committed because you're just a pair of hands who mm-hmm. will just roll it just like this. And, you know, and, you know, and just spray this amount of water on it. So it's damp to just that level. And then you roll it and then you set it and then you do that. And I think, my God, you know, you go home and your, your, your back is in pain. Your arms are in pain because you're so restricted. But at the same time, you have no emotional connection to it. Yeah, it's so true. It's such a good way to look at it. Because, I mean, it's just like it's being that person to just be like, this is how I want this to look however yeah. you want to get there get there if you yeah. have trouble then I'm here need, then, I, yeah. then I'm here I've got your back yeah. we'll absolutely. work it out together absolutely yeah, I think absolutely that's... yeah and I think you know for me that's that's the only way to work because you know you find people are just content at work and mm. you know I at the you know I would never leave someone just completely in the lurch like oh I want that and then you know, and then they do it and then, you know, you, you go show and tell and then it turns out and that's not what they want. And then you kind of drop them in it. I think, you know, we all have to leave here believing in this. Okay. Yeah. So this is what it's going to look like. That's how you've got there. Okay, fine. I'm thinking that maybe if you had done this that little way, maybe we could make this a little bit more like this and then when we go to show this we're all in it together yeah the thing about our department is that it's such a team sport mm. it's an absolute team sport and that's why you know you find you know people you know going up and collecting awards and just saying thank you thank you bye-bye and you just go <laughs> oh my god the team like your crowd supervisor all of your crowd dailies yeah you could never ever be standing there without that without them oh no, absolutely yeah. not. I always, yeah. always shocked every now and again when I come across someone who's just like, I did this and I did that. And I'm like, yeah. you, are you the only person in the entire department and you did the entire film? No I know. way. That, always, that <laughs> absolutely always breaks my heart because you just yeah. go, there are people that would be there way before you'd even turn over in your bed mm. <laughs> who are doing this. And then you kind of claim it all. You just, you know, you, you can't. And then that's why you know I'm I'm a massive team player. It's it's just about the team, you know, making sure everyone is you know checking with everyone, you know what's going on, how they're feeling, what's happening, you know, all of that stuff. I'm I'm really nosy. <laughs> yeah. You know. I am too. I'm always yeah. up in people's business. Like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, I'm right up in there and, and knowing what's going on and, you know, and, yeah. and all of this stuff. And if there's anything I can do to help or whatever, then, you know, I'm there. 
but you yeah. know it's important it's a long day it's a hard day it's a tough job and you know we just have to make sure that we we look after each other that's for me is is very important absolutely I was told recently and I because you know how you you may like have a way of saying things or doing things and not really realize because it's just how you do it on a daily basis and yeah. I had um somebody say to me she's like oh, I love how you check in and I'm like what do you mean and she's just like well you're just kind of you know gently across the trailer just go yeah. hey are, are, are we winning yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you Fantastic. winning over there how's it yeah. going you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's yeah. like I always feel like it's it's not a you know you're just checking in it's not a judgment question it's just no. like are you feeling like you're winning with what you're doing yeah. right now yeah, are you exactly. succeeding are you getting yeah. to the point that you need to get to or do you need a little bit of help? Like, yeah, how just are we let going? Me know, you know. And then <laughs> yeah. you get to the stage where, you know, you can literally just like someone, you could feel someone like looking at you and they want you, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, okay, I can kind of need it over there. And then yeah. you can go and be around and be supportive, be helpful. But all of that is such an important part of the department, which you cannot be taught. Those are things that you learn yeah. just by osmosis. Right? And also when you, when you learn through things, through ways that you may have been treated in your journey up, that you don't want to be replicated yeah. because there is a lot of that, you know. But at the same time, I think some of the less good experiences you know yeah you learn you learn a lot more from them in a way than your kind of nicer people <laughs> I think so it's I know it's it's kind of it's kind of frustrating that that is the case but I mean yeah. you're going to remember those negative feelings oh. more and be oh like I don't want to make oh, somebody yeah. feel like that so yeah. Yeah, those yeah. those moments have stuck with me as well. It's just honestly, like, oh, no, they're no. so they're still so raw. Like you literally, yeah. you don't need to go deep to find them. You know, just mm. yeah, you do you do remember them. They don't go away. And I just I don't want you know anyone of mine, whether it's a, it's a trainee or a you know a member of my team or anyone to not feel valued. Yeah, absolutely. So what what are some other skills do you think that are needed when you're a head of department? There's your management skills, then there's your yeah. then there's your people skills. I guess just a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. I think you need you really need a sense of humor because some days if you don't laugh, you'll literally be sitting on the ground crying. You're just yeah. like Seriously? <laughs> when you're caught in the middle of mm. studios and producers and directors and actors, I mean, my God, if you if you don't have a sense of humor, then really, I think you're in a hiding to nothing. It's so true. Because, you know, it is. It's, it's you just, without, you know, because by the time you've kind of, you know, corralled everyone and managed everyone and, you know, get yourself together and do all of that, you know, you just got to be able to laugh, laugh at yourself. I remember one experience I had, which was, I always go, you know, you've got career highs, career lows, and this was my career mm-hmm. low. I was doing the movie Last King of Scotland. Yeah. And it was the first, it's kind of like my biggest movie that I had department headed and I'm away on location as well. So Mm -hmm. we're filming in Uganda and it's my first time in Africa, first time on the continent. There's no infrastructure for filmmaking there. 
Yeah. So anyway, Eddie Armin, he had to have a wig. So, you know, had the wig made and all is good. But we have a swimming pool scene mm-hmm. and Idi Amin, Forrest Whitaker is playing Idi Amin and he has to dive into the swimming pool mm-hmm. with this wig and he has no hair himself. Yeah. So, you know, to anchor points are an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I decided to just glue the whole thing. You know, I just have to just glue it as much as I can and I had like a a double wig you know so cleaned his head IPA make sure there's you know it says no grease as possible put it on Mm -hmm. and of course took ages to set up and all of that so eventually he's not on set for hours and hours and hours and you know there's bits of it kind of lifting and I'm you know fixing anyway he dives into the pool Jamie and Mm -hmm. He goes one way and the wig goes the other way. (laughs) He doesn't know he's not wearing the wig. So he's acting his heart out. (laughs) (laughs) I stood there and I was like, you know, that silent scream, that painting, the silent scream, my mouth was open. Nothing was coming out. (laughs) (laughs) There was nothing coming out. And I was like, oh my God. My assistant screamed at one of the, um, the extras, go get the wig, go get the wig. So anyway, he went and got the wig. So then he thought the cool thing to do is to just swim over to Forrest and hand it to Forrest. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, I'm going to be sent home. (laughs) (laughs) In the end, I literally had to sit there and just go, what can you do? You know? Yeah. I mean, you obviously did everything that you could. You glued it on within an inch of its life and it just, what's going to happen is going to happen. What's going to (laughs) happen is going to happen because he has no hair to anchor this wig to. And then considering it wasn't even like his, his, his hero wig, you know, it's a doubles wig, which we've kind of mopped up and, you know, so it's in the white shirt, he dives in and all of Mm. this, you know, we're going to try our best, but you know, if it stays on, it stays on. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. And the poor forest doesn't know what's going on. He's acting away. <laughs> and at no point did they just think that they should say cut. Or... Yeah, of course, we, we, we cut, you know, and all of that. But all of that felt like about five hours. It probably was about, of course. you know, a minute. But it felt like it was a day. And like, yeah. oh, the wig. Oh my god. You know, it was awful, absolutely awful. But yeah, (laughs) we have to fight another day. (laughs) So, did you? What did you have to re like do it again? Set it up again? I I then said I could put the hero wig on. They've got the kind of you know the diving bed. So where he's jumping in. So if I put the hero wig on and we could see him where he's already in the pool. So that's what we did. So, you know, nice. taking that and then now he's in the swimming pool and then he can do his acting and do whatever he did and this can stay on. Oh my goodness. It won't take a dive. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just gone yeah so what are some of the other locations that you've shot on around the world i've been really lucky actually that i've really got to do a lot of travel which is amazing because i i love it 
But mm. um, yeah, I've shot in Africa quite a, a bit. Like I've shot in Kenya and Uganda and South Africa. We did um, Blood Diamond all around South Africa, uh, oh. Mozambique, then a lot of European stuff. And then my favorite, my most, you know, kind of foreign and, you know, the one I felt really kind of excited about is Korea. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, what was I was it for? It was for Ocha with, with oh, um, Ocha. With, yeah, with director Bong, and I was I was there for about three three and a half months, oh, just cool. living in Seoul. <laughs> That's awesome. I was wondering where you guys shot that. I was yeah 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 all That's in awesome. um, Korea and Vancouver and New York. I think after that movie, I literally got burnt out with travel. I was done. Mm, that yeah. was kind of the last big travel I did on a movie because I was away for nearly God nearly half the year yeah. before that I was away I was shooting in New York because I did um, Doctor Strange I looked after Rachel McAdams because I look after Rachel whenever she's in Europe she always asks for me and I do That's amazing awesome. and then she finished and then Chiwetel I took over Chiwetel so shot in in New York Mm-hmm. Came home from that, and within a couple of days, then I had to then head to LA to go start prepping on Ocha. Oh. And prepping in LA for like, I uh, was there for a couple of weeks prep, then came back, then I had to go to Paris to then find Tilda and hunt her down, then come back, and then before you know it, you're on the plane back to, you're on the plane to Korea. And I was just, I'm, I'm, I, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I just lost my grounding completely. Yeah, yeah, that's wearing thing. Um, yeah. I was going to ask about Tilda Swinton. Actually, what was it like to work with her? I imagine character development and everything's quite a collaboration with her. Is it? It's a very, very much of a collaboration, and it's you know, it's the tiniest little things with her. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a massive collaboration, and everything gets thrown in, and then we start weeding out. Because she's, okay. you know, she's very character-driven. It's the teeth. It's, it's the mm-hmm. eye. Do I need a like a lens here? Do I need do I need a, an extra tooth for this bit, and then lose that tooth then for that bit? And do I want this? You know, it's literally. I mean, it's a completely immersive collaboration with her and 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 it's fascinating to watch it all develop you know even like you're watching her with her costume you know where she wants the padding for like a certain part of the character where she doesn't want that you know it's it's just amazing I mean she is incredible and you know just a such a warm human you know she's you know you look at to look at her she is the ice queen and then (laughs) When you meet her, she is the warmest, most maternal, wonderful, caring woman that you could imagine. No, she, she's oh. absolutely brilliant. Really, That's really awesome. brilliant. So exciting to um, collaborate like that, I think, oh. with someone who has so much input and just subtle, like little subtle things that they Sub- want to do. The subtleties with her, you know, it's like it's yeah. all the little things, you know, and you, you kind of just figure them out because even if you don't see it, she knows it's there and it helps her. Mm. Yeah. You know, no, cool. that was, you know, really, really great, great experience working with her. And, and when you work with her, you hang out, you know, you, you know, she's very kind of very a part of the, the crew and, and you come here, you know, it's like we finish on a Friday, she'll do drinks, you know, she'll, yeah, no, it's, 
It's really, really oh, cool. Awesome. Uh, I wanted to touch on a cure for wellness as well because it's such a stylized oh. film, isn't it? And I, yeah. I remember watching it and going, when is this set? Like you just can't kind of, you can't yeah. really work it no. out so much. No. So what was it like? Are working with the director and everything kind of coming up with the style oh for that Gore Verbinski Gore Verbinski now that's an experience he's amazing because talk about collaboration Gore mm. is 100% collaborating from the very beginning I mean I remember when I started and I think I had like 10 weeks prep mm. Gore was that's like nice. oh my god you're already too late <laughs> because he wants everyone on all the reckeys, i.e. makeup and hair on the recce. I'm like, Jesus, please don't make me go. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing there? But yeah. he, because when he's there, all his, you know, he throws out his ideas. He throws out everything. So mm. everyone's there catching what's theirs. Right. So basically the whole team needs to be there from the very off. Wow. And, you know, and you take what's yours and you leave what's not yours and you keep going. But, you know, really proud of the look of that film. I thought, you know, the, um, you know, the cinematography was beautiful. Mm. The whole, the setting, you know, that whole kind of clinical, yeah. timeless world that we created, and with all those bodies in the in in the tanks and all of that mm. stuff. I mean, that was a job and a half. I mean, all those tooth pulling and stuff like that. Yeah. You had to test those. To within an inch of their life because you know gore has decided that he wants to see him extracting his tooth mm-hmm. and he wants it when he pulls it he wants to see the pop of the blood like it should just pop when wow. you know the blood should be stringy so yeah. now you're like oh my god how 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 what is it what's the best thing is it is it hair is it cotton wool you know is it thread is it knitting wool and so you sit there literally trying all this stuff and then you have to and you bring them to him and then you pull it and then he sees it and he's like mm, that one's good that one's not so good um okay let's go with this one but the attention to details is i mean second to none yeah. And, you know, and he goes, you know, whatever you've seen, whatever horror movie you've seen, anything you've seen, look at it and then throw it out and then let's start the work. Right. Basically. So everything, you know, and all those, you know, those nurses in that in that hospital and their crispness and their cleanness and their, yeah. you know, yeah, they must just look odd, like, you know, oddly clean. And, yeah, and something weird. not quite right. Yeah. Yeah, it's all of that. Yeah, no, amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. No, I remember was... seeing the trailer and being drawn in immediately. Just visually, I was just like, what is this? I yeah, need to see this film. Yeah, this looks weird and I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's an absolute visual. It's a visual feast. It's one of it's that film and, and Child 44, mm-hmm. which, again, you know, great design. But then, you know, the films kind of don't really do anything because, I mean, you know, Cure for Wellness was too long and people, you know, didn't do anything. And then Child 44 again, which I it was a great book. And, you know, and then that kind of you went off the rails for whatever reasons. And, um, but the look of it, you know, that whole kind of 1950s Russia, I mean, look at Numira Pass and she wanted to be blonde. I'm like, Jesus, you want to be blonde? I thought, well, let's get a wig. No, I don't want a yeah. wig. I had a wig made. She came, we had the fittings, had the wig made, 
but you know she knew what the plans were for her character and she's like a wig is not going to cut it we have to bleach my hair wow and she's dark yeah you know and we did she came out of it and then you know bleaching the eyebrows to match i mean there's a point you know when she wanted to bleach her pubes we had to go bleach her pubes because she wow. wanted to make it across the room i was like oh this is too much <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, if she was just, yeah, you got to go there. <laughs> you had to go there, you know, it's like yeah. at the end of the work day, go around and, and, and bleaching her pubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's Honestly, awesome. the, the things we do. Absolutely. Hey, now I wanted to touch on um, Snow White and the Huntsman as well, because I think that's pretty awesome to be able to have the opportunity to kind of yes, reinvent storybook characters a little bit right oh, I mean yeah. no, again you know another fantastic piece of work that I'm also very proud of because it was just when I look at that film you know sometimes you look at things and you go oh you know I just yeah. thought that that was just seamless it was everything just blended together and our director he communicated through drawings so you had to make right. you had to whatever you were presenting because he he draws okay and so you know you had to draw it my drawing is terrible so I was then I was given a concept artist with me who would bring my words to life and we'd sit there and you know sketch and I would do a terrible sketch and then he would improve on it and then I would talk and then take away stuff and then but the design work on that I mean and that went for like months I spent one whole year doing that movie pretty much oh my gosh yeah wow that's awesome I was booked I think I was confirmed for that job I think in the March of that year Mm mm-hmm and then there was soft prep. There were bits of concept work that would happen and we would do a photo shoot and, you know, and it would go on and something else would come up. And there you were. And I think I started on it properly in the May. Yeah. And then I was leaving that makeup trailer on December 21st. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my year gone. Oh, that's but, very cool. You know, I mean. Yeah, totally was, uh, rewarding though. Like absolutely yeah. rewarding. And, you know, and then we got to go to the Bake Off to present that because that got down on the short list. And, you know, and that was exciting because I've yeah. never kind of had an experience like that before. And when you're doing something that you love and you come from left field to it, a lot of things you don't think about on a daily do. Mm. You're just doing your work and just, you know, hoping you can get through the day and then be back here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you know and then this comes up and then there you are and you're you know inside these you know hallowed halls presenting to the academy and doing all that stuff I'm like you know what I'm a winner I don't care I really yeah. don't care <laughs> I am here doing this with these people I think the, the most the worst part was I think they do it they did it in alphabetical order or something and I had to go up just after Rick Baker yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, great. They <laughs> should just make was... him go last. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Just let him go last because you know you know it and everything. But it was such a great experience, such a great experience, a great ride. I just thought, you know, wherever this, you know, because you know you get the countdown and you go from all the movies that's been made and you're down to, I don't know, 18 and something else and then you're like, oh my God. 
we're like seven. Right. I'm going. So it gets down to seven for the bake off. Oh, wow. Oh my yeah, God. That's cool. That was, it's very cool. Yeah, it was absolutely just, you know, mind blowing because there was a lot of hard work that went into that, you know, really a lot of hard work. You know, the teams just worked so hard. And, you know, Colleen Atwood was a costume designer. She's, mm-hmm. you know, really collaborative to work with. You know, once you yeah. kind of find your way with her, it's about the work. We get it done. And yeah, no, it was it was a fantastic experience. That's very cool. Uh, I wanted to touch on um cats because i yeah. wanted to understand yeah i know i was like is this like don't talk about the war like <laughs> how could we not i mean it's awesome but i i i haven't seen it so that's a bit naughty yeah. of me to even bring it up but yeah. i have seen trailers and clips and things like that and i'm just wondering yeah. on a practical side for the makeup and everything what were you guys doing on a daily basis like how much of it yeah on a daily basis we were painting faces so okay this is how we started uh we started with there was a concept from Mm -hmm. i don't know there's like hundreds of people all over the world working on you know make creating these concepts and um and sending them to Tom and Tom would decide whether he liked them or not and yeah. all the rest of it. So he would present this concept. Of course, he presents the concept in, you know, in 2D. And then, so now you have to look at this and make it 3D mm-hmm. and all the different colors that the cats have, all the cats, you know, all the colorways and all of this stuff, we had to present those. Okay. And that was like torture because he was so precise because now we're going to then, you know, the visual effects will then be overlaid onto it. Right. So any lines or anything that you have, they have to be precise and they have to be exactly the same every day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then we did these, um, the more kind of defined ones, we did these vac form masks Mm-hmm. So then we could just measure it, fit it every day, and we know that's our positioning. And then we would color in, and you know, go from there. Yeah. Um, and you know, there was a lot of it that some of the ideas that I had. I mean, because everything was was thrown at it. First, it was I think he spent like a year in LA, and he tested flocking, and then there was like another massive prosthetic test which didn't work because you didn't see anybody you didn't know who they were by the time right. you've got all the prosthetics on and the fur and mm-hmm. everything yeah. so then with all of that kind of process of elimination going on it then comes back to basic face painting right which that's where we that's where we ended up so face painting and then dots and that okay. those days were some of the longest days I have ever worked because with our dancers, mm. they have to have makeup before they warm up. And right. our lead girl, Frankie, she's a prima ballerina at Royal Ballet. Mm. And she has to have a 45-minute ballet class every morning. So she gets made up before that. Oh, wow. So we're getting them ready to be on set for, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. So she's Mm -hmm. in makeup at 5 for an hour. Then she has 45 minutes getting into those suits, those motion capture suits. Mm -hmm. That takes 
like another 40 minutes. Then there is the, you know, they have to calibrate these suits because, you know, they're capturing their motions by computer. So all of these things that they're wearing on. I mean, it was the most technical thing. I mean, at one point I was, I said to Mandy, I, I mean, do I really want to be a part of this as it was going on? And then I thought, well, actually, um, it's kind of cutting edge because at some point mm. this is going to be bettered, you know, yeah. This is like the baby stages of this, and it's going to be better. So it's kind of good to see where it starts. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, and just how it all works, and yeah, yeah what and, what your part and, in that was. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of knew that it was going to be one of two things: it was either going to be completely brilliant or completely shite. <laughs> there was never going to be a around with it I remember talking to one of the producers one day I, I was I saw him at a party actually we weren't at work and he said you know I'm having sleepless nights I'm mm. really really worried about what we're making oh, oh fuck um yeah <laughs> I kind of hear you <laughs> yeah yeah I kind of hear you but you know but you know it was it was it was an experience it was you know a good experience I mean the fact that we survived it yeah because it wasn't in you had to you had to do the dots then you had to do the um the vision effects dots all Mm. over the face and the vision effects would be checking them when you go down if they're in the same place and god's sakes (laughs) tedious Yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah, details, details, details. I mean, Tom yeah. would sit there with a pointer stick, you know, like the, the cat, we were to do the eyeliners, like the cat's eyes, and he would sit there and it's like, one of that line is slightly pointier than the other, and, and then this one flicks just a tiny bit. Or, I mean, he, you know, in prep, we, we, we worked so much overtime in prep because yeah. he'd be there at rehearsals all day, then he would come to us at about five six in the evenings and we're not leaving there until half nine, ten o'clock at night. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What were you using to paint the face faces with? Because there's obviously I mean these dances and movement and I'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah. sweating we and we use a lot of stage makeup. Okay. Yeah, we use stage makeup. We use some of the the Mac Pro their grease and some okay. of their watercolors and oh God, what's the name of that brand? And we bought so much of it. Meron makeup. It's the Meron stage makeup, but that that really was our best friend. Wow. Yeah, I, I feel like I almost just need to watch it just to see what everyone's going on about because you know I, I have to say when I watched it, I thought actually it's not that bad. I mean the the bits which are more normal are the worst bits. Mm-hmm. I think when it goes really spooky, like really out there, then it's just trippy. Yeah. Yeah. It really is just trippy. And you know, it's one of those things that you could just look at. You're like, okay. <laughs> I, I I love that people are well, it's it's nice to see people you know, taking chances and trying something yeah. that hasn't been done and it's yeah. exciting that's what tom was doing it's like you know he literally was just pushing it out there <laughs> yeah it's good to see that the industry is you know still moving and changing and yeah 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 that is you know that that's that was it that was a good thing to come out of it <laughs> <laughs> cats oh god <laughs> 
I love it. Now, and talking about that with the industry changing, what do you feel has changed in the industry since you've been since you've been working in the film industry? Well, I think I mean the industry has changed a lot. I mean, it's changed from you know say what you see on camera. So yes, of course, technology has come in. So we've got the HD makeup, and then remember when that came in, everyone was in a state of panic because mm-hmm. we were. Like, what are we going to do about hair lace? What do we do about this? You know, because mm-hmm. with this HD, with this HD and the makeup and you can see it and all of this. And I remember, you know, starting to get worried. I was like, you know, what are we going to do? Like with, again, the lace. And um, and I remember going to this, they had a, a day seminar at BAFTA and all these DPs like big Roger Deakins and all this were kind of presenting and talking. And then they did this, um, this experiment where they shot the same scene mm. with all the different HD cameras and the different filters, and you could see what details and how the details were changing oh, wow. as the filters changed and as yeah. the light changed, and you know how much kind of atmos you add to it and all of this stuff. Mm. And I came around and I thought, well, basically, it's your finest film work because you know. Pre that, if you worked on film, you just had to be, you know, like super, super, you know, soft with your makeup and everything. And it was more forgiving on the lace, I have to say. Mm. Um, But I came away with that. So that's been like one of the bigger changes. But it's also changed in the way the department is now, you know, what the department requires. It's like you need need a coordinator because there's Mm. so much you know, paperwork and and stuff to do in a department. Back in the day, we didn't have that. You know, you had the team and, you know, someone would do the shopping when it needed doing and all of this stuff. Um, And, you know, and everything has just got a a lot more sharper, you know, more, I want to say professional, but we've always been professional, but I just think it's just that kind of new, that modern way. Everything is just slick, yeah, a bit more business. Yeah. Yes, it's business. <laughs> it's a business. That's exactly what it is. It's become a real business. So, yeah. you know, we need a coordinator. We need the trainees. We need the juniors. You know, we need, you know, we need the team. And we need all to, we need all to be ready. And, yeah. you know, we need to have our mood boards done. And we need to have our, you know, zingy, computery stuff that you can do. <laughs> so, oh, my God. <laughs> so true yeah yeah it's, just, it's, it's a real it's a real business now so what changes would you like to see in the future then what changes would I like to see in the future I think one of the things that we are doing and we do that very well here is the apprenticeship kind of business you know where we have our trainees and we yeah. and you kind of work through the ranks I think that's that's a really cool thing absolutely yeah uh, when I work in America I find it difficult that we don't have that yeah it is very difficult I will just say yeah. that out, it's, out it right really now. Is. Yeah, yeah 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 you just go um so who's the young person who's going to use the printer <laughs> <laughs> I said that Flora said to me she's like but who gets your coffee and I was just like she was being cheeky she was yeah, being a little exactly. smarty pants but yeah 
who gets your coffee? Who who does the printing and you know all of that stuff? You know, somebody needs to needs to take care of that. But what changes would I like to see in the industry? God, at this point, it's kind of difficult to say in terms of because of where we are and what's coming. This might be the change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, yeah. Still racking my brain trying to think what I'd like to see changing. Hmm. Can't think at the moment. <laughs> Shorter yeah. hours, maybe. <laughs> Shorter working hours, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody across the board would like that. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, yeah, that would be a very, very good thing to have. So, um, what have you been working on recently that we can look forward to seeing? Recently, last year, I did this amazing musical, which is supposed to be coming out this year. It's called mm-hmm. Jingle Jangle. Um, okay. And it's a, it's a fairy tale uh, musical. John Legend has written some of the music and he produced it, Forrest Whitaker um, starring. But it's a, um, it's, it's a kind of a... It's a fantasy Victorian drama. And, oh wow! Yeah, and it's and it's a it's a black cast. Cool. With all these kind of the costumes, just amazing because you know the costume designer Michael Wilkinson, who's just amazing. You know, he's sourced all these kind of vintage African material and making like these these Victorian dresses. You know, big rocks with the, with the material and the men have it as like as the piping on their costumes and I mean stunning wow. absolutely stunning and the, hair, amazing. the fantasy hair I cannot even tell you I swear sometimes I just pull up pictures of it on my phone and just look at it because <laughs> Sharon this sounds so exciting yeah. I can't wait yeah. to see it that's We're so talking, cool yeah we're talking big, you know, like oh. big, just stuff. He's like, this director was just like, yeah, we want to push the weird. We want to make it Let's cool. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that is something that I'm really looking forward to seeing. What's it called again? Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle, yeah. Oh, awesome. Cool. And, and then I then I just finished doing Eurovision with um, with Rachel McAdams, so that's going to be on Netflix. That's launching. Oh, yeah, on I saw a trailer for that. It looks, <laughs> it looks pretty it's funny. Honestly, <laughs> hilarious! It's absolutely hilarious. Um, so, and that was good fun because again, that was a lot of character work. Rachel is very character driven, so mm-hmm. it was a lot of character work going into that because her journey, you know, from this little Icelandic competition to where she goes and gets completely polished in the Euro- Eurovision polished in that kind of over-the-top way. I mean, everything was mm-hmm. larger than life. We got into trouble for some eyelashes that were just so big, the director was like, no way! But they're supposed to be like this, you know, they're just too big and she feels uncomfortable and all of this. But that was honestly, that was a journey with those characters because, you know, it's also like working on each one with her, like both of us just figuring them out where this one ends and where that one begins and what she would have at this point. And you're just kind of locked into that, which is, you know, it's the way I, I love working, to be honest. I love, yeah. you know, the whole really hunkering down and, and, and making it work. We did all of those. I mean, my God, I think she had something like, I think it was over 30 costume changes. Oh, wow. And probably nearly as many 
hair and hair changes and makeup changes. Honestly, did did you get to go to Iceland for any of that? Yeah, yeah, we went to Iceland. We yeah, we went to Iceland. That last video that we shot that was in Iceland that was really cool. Cool. So that be that be exciting. And I'm working on a new version of Cinderella, like you know the one we need. And this one is uh, is directed by Kay Cannon. Very, very um, fantastic um, female director. And that is, again, it's a, you know, it's a musical, it's a fantasy. So, again, it's big. You're talking about, you know, the whole look, the way I describe it, the look of this one is anything from the Baroque period through to glam rock, anything within that. That's amazing. You must be having so much fun, Sharon. That's cool. Oh, my God. The looks, the hair. There are some big hair. Like, you know, oh, amazing. So we that's what we were working on. Um, And then we had to stop. So that's what we'll go back to in another another few weeks by the sound of it. But, yeah, so that's what I'm on now. Awesome. Yay. Yay. I'm excited about these these really projects you have coming out. It's yeah, yeah. really just getting your hands dirty and getting into things, you know, and, and getting creative. It's yeah. just it's, it's fantastic. And whenever somebody says big, big hair to me, I'm like, oh, I'm there. This sounds great. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. I want to oh, I want to yeah, know what's mean, going on. <laughs> when, just be careful when you say big, because I do I do mean big. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Are we kind of in the same big sort of arena? (laughs) People say big and then you go big and they're like, oh, just a little bit down maybe. Yeah, no. I mean, they should still be able to walk through a doorway. Exactly. Just, you know, I said, I'm going to go there. All you can do is rein me in. (laughs) I'm going to let you just rein me in. You will never say push. Never have to say push a little bit more. You'll rein me in. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think, a good way to work. It's just like, I'm going to just go for it, and if you need me to pull it back, I'll, I, I can pull it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, totally, totally. So, um, yeah, so this is just, this is this is really quite exciting, have those to look forward Absolutely. to. Absolutely. That's very cool. Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask the question that I ask everybody, and um, nobody can seem to give me one answer, but I'm after one tool or product you would not want to work without. One tool or product that you would not want to work without. I guess mm. it's kind of like something that you you use on yeah. every job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that thing. Oh, God. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> it's okay. No one can give me one answer. They're always like, oh, it's in this, in this, in this. Which one is it? Um, I think one of the things that I that I love, and from a makeup point of view, is that maquillage palette. Okay, yep. So that one, it's got all the colors because you know that you can literally turn out every makeup from that, whatever they ask. If, they, if you have to do a bruise, if you have to do mm. a beauty makeup, that palette you could you could create that. So that I love. That's awesome. Now I was going to ask you um, one person you'd like to hear on the podcast. Do you know who would be good? Who I'd like oh. to hear? You know, um, do you know Sean Gregg? No, I don't know um, anybody. 
<laughs> but I'm slowly yeah. through doing this podcast, learning who all these people are. So this is amazing. Yeah, no, Sean Gregg, she's really great. She has been Leo Leo's personal since they met on Titanic. Oh, I have heard of Sean. Yes, okay. And she's she's doing Jurassic at the moment. And then the other person I was thinking of also was Faye Hammond. She has now kind of semi-retired, retired. Mm-hmm. She really was a real talent, just loads of fantastic stuff. I mean, her last film that she finished on, she was doing Fantastic Beast. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's just done loads of stuff. And she's so brave and fearless, you know, like I used to assist her. You know, she's just like, just whack it on, Sharon. Just whack it on. It's like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, easy for you to say. <laughs> Broad strokes, just whack it on. <laughs> but she is, you know, she, she's great. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. This has been brilliant, Sharon. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for having me. To see more about our guests, go to our Instagram at The Last Looks Podcast or our website, thelastlookspodcast.com. If you want to keep up with new episodes being released, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or any podcast streaming platform. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, share it. The Last Looks Podcast would like to thank Brett Stanley and Sabrina Castro. The song Fun Time by DJ Quads. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap, people. 